0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. This is the podcast Step by Step by Arivet Girl. Insha'Allah, today we are starting a new series of book reviews of the books that I have read in my first couple of months as a Muslim, what I've thought of them, what has been their messages, and just a general summary of the books. Subhanallah wa So today I'm going to be covering the books that have been pretty small, but I started off reading them as like little booklets. A lot of the books that I will be reviewing to begin with are from i era. The person who I said my shahada with was from i era, Ashraf Schneider. do check him out. And the first book that I'm going to be looking at is I Am Proud to Be a Muslim by Dr V. Abdur Rahim. This actually isn't from i era, this is a book that was gifted me by one of my dear friends and their family friends and they gave me this and I think that this book is something which is so important for new Muslims to have I believe it's generally only available in the UK it's from the UK Islamic Academy Insha'Allah, I will find a PDF maybe at some point if it's available. So I Am Proud To Be A Muslim basically goes each chapter in a new topic, which are parts of Islam. Obviously, we should always be proud of the whole of Islam, but significant parts of Islam, which has contributed to human development, which shows how Islam is completely beneficial for the whole of humankind. It kind of goes against this stereotypical view that Islam and Muslims are like terrorists with their ideas, are violent. And I just think I was really happy to read this book to begin with because it highlighted all the amazing things within Islam. It meant that I had reassurance within myself that what I was following was something good and that the media wouldn't dissuade me from this thought. So I'm proud to be a Muslim I will just summarise a few points. So chapter one, it talks about how Islam championed against female infanticide, which is prevalent to this day and gives the verses of in the Quran of Surah 8 verses 1 to 9. This is something which I loved about this I'm proud to be a Muslim. It gives the reason why you should be proud and then gives the the Quran verse afterwards and then gives some context like pre-Islamic Arabs thought a great disgrace to have a daughter and so this idea that Islam is against women when actually there is so much respect to women and that it is a blessing and even a reward to their family if you have a daughter and that's found in Quran surah 16 ayah 57 to 59 and there's another verse in the Quran which is in surah 6 ayah 151 which says Do not kill your children because of poverty. We shall provide for you and for them. Throughout this world, children are killed, are enslaved because of poverty. And that is horrendous. We need to believe that every child that we are gifted is exactly that, a gift. And other things that they talk about is Islam championed against slavery and respect that everyone is equal. But they did it in a way which was so interesting that Islam condemns enslaving a free man and rewards a free slave. So they don't just abolish slavery because that would never have worked in that time. They give rewards for freeing and give kind of bad deeds for enslaving a free man. And that's kind of how Islam was able to do it. They did it step by step. One step at a time, they championed against slavery. And that's something where all the slaves were treated with utmost respect. And in Islam and in the history, slaves were almost treated as if they were part of the family. So the way that you look at slaves and slavery, it's horrendous what has happened. But a lot of the horrendous reasons why slavery obviously is a horrible thing, is by the treatment of the masters and the treatment that they are less than equal, when Islam teaches all of them is equal. And another thing that I absolutely love is that there's a protection against the environment. I recently watched a live stream by, I believe, EF Dawah or a site like S-SD send a link in the description about how Islam in- is to do with the environment and Abdurrahman Green does a lot about I- Islam and the environment. So you find that even with war you must have no harm to trees, you must always treat everything that Islam has given you with the utmost respect and Yeah it's just that the environment is given such a high standard and even with the animals which they talk about later on in the book that we must treat animals with respect and the halal way of killing an animal is treating it with respect killing it swiftly which other butchers kill animals with electrocution, drowning and other ways which is horrific and there's just constantly go through this book about how Islam, how smiling, is a sunnah. And it's found that smile increases endorphins and serotonin, which makes us happier. There's this respect for all mankind. All men are equal. And there's a respect for all mankind when Prophet showed respect at Jewish funeral, stating, was he not a human? We, are, we talk about this all the time. There's this idea of human rights. Was he not a human? Was he not like me? So we showed respect to other religions. And there's some things which are incredible that Islam would have protected us with, even with the COVID-19 situation. Islam takes precautionary measures to prevent spread of disease. If you know of a plague in a country, do not go there. And if it breaks out in a country where you are, Do not flee the country. SubhanAllah, this is exactly what's happening in this world. And we also are taught to be clean, to look after ourselves, to wash before we pray, to wash before we eat. And we are encouraged to just be be clean in our lives. And also, they have this balance between spiritual and physical. And there's this story, they say, that the three visitors trying to be overly spiritual i.e. one started to fast his whole life the prophet responds i am the most god fearing i fast on some days and not on others and i'm married rejecting rejection of renouncing all of the worldly life we are born in this world so people who say you know i i'm going to fast like my whole life i'm going to pray my whole life we are allowed to have families, have that as a priority, have our physical needs met. So we have this balance between physical and spiritual need. Uh, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam encouraged us to do sport like horse riding and swimming. So it, we were also told to be kind to animals. The Prophet told off those that took the young of a small bird. Giving water to a thirsty bird and water to a thirsty dog is rewarded. And Allah forgives those who help every living being. And there's this idea which I love, which no one will be punished for the actions of someone else. And that there's no compulsion in religion. Just all these different things through I am proud to be a Muslim that they go through and to not even overeat. It goes through everything that kind of is fundamental for kind of helping you to know what Islam propagates and I just found this really useful to be one of the first books I read when I become a Muslim. So I also with iEra there is a scheme especially I think if you're in the UK that you can buy as many books especially as a new Muslim and you just have to pay for delivery and that was £9 so I got loads of little booklets which I'll go through now. So one of their first booklet is Life After Life, and this is the booklet which can be recommended to find knowledge about Jannah and Jahannam. And there's this idea propagated in the Qur'an, Surah 57, Ayah 20, that the present life is a diversion. Life of this world is only an illusory pleasure. This life of the world distracts us, but the day of judgment will be there. And that's something that was my big takeaway is that we need to focus on the afterlife. We need to focus. And as a new Muslim, you can be easily distracted by culture. You can be easily distracted by things of this dunya, this world, and not grow on your deen. You can kind of go, we're all used to living in this dunya and living for our worldly needs. But it's remembering that... This world is just a distraction. It is a temporary test and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us if we succeed and we try our best for the sake of Allah. Then the next booklet is the love of God. I think this is something which is essential, especially if you come from a Christian background. So this, I think this is important for a Christian just because... There's this idea that in Christianity, we have the most loving God, like any other God is not as loving, like we had a God who came down to humankind and any other God cannot understand their own kind of creation. And we have the most, yes, yeah, sacrificial loving God. But in this booklet, I learned a lot of things. So it starts with the uh, Quran verse 13, Ayah 28 those who have faith and whose hearts find peace in the remembrance of God truly is in the remembrance of God that hearts find peace and it's actually like when we get chosen to be a Muslim it shows that Allah loves us and that in remembrance of God we find peace they talk about how God is an independent being who is self-sufficient and perfect he does not require anything nor is his love based on a need or want it is therefore the purest form of love There's a difference with Christianity, God's love is for all, whereas in Islam, God does love all, but like his mercy, the rewards are given to those who follow and request for him to forgive them. We should be eternally grateful for every single thing we have in our lives, every single breath. The human heart beats around 100,000 tunes a day. Every heartbeat is precious to us. Any one of us would give all our gold for just another heartbeat. Anything other than a, a heartbeat is bonus. It's just talking about how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us and how much he has given us and like how our existence is solely dependent upon him. Nothing in, in this universe is possible without him. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi said, whoever loves to meet God, God loves to meet him. And whoever hates to meet God, God hates to meet him. So this, there's this idea of how we respond to Allah is how he will respond back if we truly follow Allah it's not that his love is conditional it's that his love is so holy it only touches those who who love him and this love is accessible to all they just need to follow him and submit to him so this love isn't exclusive in a way it can be given to every single human. But if you don't believe in God, why would you expect God to have, have his love in your life? You don't even believe in him. So that's kind of some of my takeaways from this love of God booklet. And this idea that um, the love of God is the purest love of all is my big takeaway that he doesn't need anything even our mom mothers like require something from us it's part of their purpose to create us and have us love them and almost every other love comes with conditional love parts and inshallah we will love people unconditionally but it's never going to be perfect god is the only one who doesn't require anything from us requests things from us of course But that is basically for our own benefit. So then the next booklet I read was Muslim portrayal of Jesus. Again, this is really important if you've come from a Christian background. I think a lot of Ayurah work in the past has to do with Christianity, which is really good for me. Muslims believe in Jesus and the revelation given to him. And he was a prophet of God. It's just learning what that's my biggest issue as a christian is learning what islam propagates and what is what do i believe which islam doesn't say but christianity does because obviously when you've been brought up a christian it's really difficult to differentiate between an idea which you've learned as a muslim or an idea that is from your upbringing so i basically went through and did like a tick like they believe in jesus's virgin birth but this doesn't show he's god um who was the mother and father of adam adam wasn't a god jesus spoke when he was born to defend his mother i found this very interesting um he says in quran surah 19 um ayah 30 i'm the slave of allah he has given me the scripture and has appointed me as a prophet Jesus himself only claimed to have been a true prophet and servant of God. And if you re- remember listening to my story, this is what I talk about. It's in my discovery about what Jesus propagated in the Bible. I found that he really only claimed to have been a true prophet and servant of God or son of God. And this whole idea that we are like sons and servants and slaves of God. So son and servant can be like interchangeable in the Bible. It's kind of the same word. And in Jesus's own teachings, it didn't show the Trinity. So basically this book, it was a really good summary for me to just go back and go to the foundation of what Islam believes about Jesus. And they talk about how the mission of Jesus is sent only to the lost sheep of israel in matthew 15 24 which is in in the bible and that's something that comes up a lot in um, islamic dawah and outreach about the islamic message but it's in the bible that jesus was only sent to the lost sheep of israel he wasn't sent to the whole of mankind and that's jesus's words himself like the words of john 3 16 isn't actually What Jesus said, it's what the author of John, whoever that was, it's unknown. And it's this idea that Jesus's entry into this world was miraculous. So was his exit. Instead of dying, he was raised to heaven and saved from those who plotted against him. And that's their big message that is against Christianity, that Jesus didn't die on the cross. And they don't know how. It's just that history has portrayed that um, Jesus did die, it was made to seem like it was, but he didn't because that would have been a shameful death. And the Deuteronomy twenty four sixteen is a big verse for me. The fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall the children be put to death for their fathers. Every man shall be put to death for their own sin. This completely abolishes the idea of being forgiven by someone else's blood. We are all shall be put to death and be accountable for our own sin. And so God can forgive him, can forgive everyone, not through the death of himself. And the Quran verse, which is famous for about Jesus's crucifixion, is Surah 4, Ayah and. 57 it looks a bit like 137 so do check out my handwriting is not the best killed him not nor they crucified but it appeared so to them is all that it says they killed him not but it appeared appeared so so people believed it completely does history believe that it happened because it appeared to yes is it historical i'm not sure i would say No, it's not historical. And do check out the EF Dawah series on the historicity of Christ. They also talk about the return of the Messiah. That was something that was very interesting to me, that they still believe in the return of the Messiah. Uh, There's the Islamic belief on the return of Jesus, mainly based on Hadith, that Jesus will interfere between the Mahadi, the leader of Muslims, and the Dajjal, Antichrist. Jesus descends on two angels near Damascus and join Mahadi in prayer, showing allegiance to Muhammad. Jesus reigns 40 years, he will break the cross, perform the pilgrimage, marry, have children, and die a natural death placed next to Muhammad. So, this whole idea that Jesus died on the cross and was raised to heaven and raised to life again because his body can't be found. Historically, like, Islam says your body can't be found because he was raised to heaven. They just don't believe that he died on the cross. And so Muslims are encouraged to leave the final judgment to Allah and live peacefully with people of the scripture. So this is something which I found extremely useful and I really do recommend all those who have become a new Muslim, especially in the UK, to look out for Aira. I swear I'm not working for them or anything. I just find their book that's been really useful. And then I look into Qur'an, A Short Journey, and I found this book a little bit confusing. I would recommend a book that I will review in the next coming episode, which is a journey through the miraculous Quran by Abu Zakariya. But I find that the book Qur'an a short journey, because it's so short, I find that the it's just a bit confusing and I found that there wasn't enough detail. But I found that there were some good things that I learnt so this whole idea that everything in heaven and earth glorifies him. We're created in our mother's womb in one stage after the other. are deeds written in clear records. Like it gives a good summary of what Islam is. I just found that there was no coherence in the book. And that a journey through the miraculous Quran was a lot more useful. So I would definitely recommend reading it. But I think that... A Journey Through the Miraculous Qur'an, if you're looking for an actual analysis of the Qur'an. So this kind of gives an idea of what the Qur'an like propagates, what is its main messages. So And it ends with, I seek refuge in the Lord of Humankind, the Sovereign of Humankind, the God of Humankind, from the evil of the retreating whisper. My notes just feel a bit messy from it, and I found it confusing. So I still think it's a good book to read. I just don't find it for its idea that of the title, which is Qur'an, a short journey. I kind of expected a bit more background on the Qur'an, but it does give a good kind of summary of, yeah, the main message of the Qur'an. So, so yeah, these are some of the books that I have personally read so far. I've made notes on them. And then the next book that I will talk about the next podcast is The Eternal Challenge, A Journey Through the Miraculous Quran, which I thought was amazing and it really gave me a great overview of the Quran and I think the author Abu Zakaria is excellent. So yeah, those were the books that I began to read just to give me a great foundation on Islam and I will have a link in my bio in the description the books that i have read inshallah this has been a bit of a all over the place episode but i hope that you've enjoyed my thoughts and reviews of different books and kind of got a message from it and i recommend for you all to own i am proud to be a muslim and to get some good booklets from i to either give to people who are asking questions or to give to new muslims because it was really useful for me to have Alhamdulillah, have an amazing week, inshallah, and see you next time. As-salamu alaykum.